You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. How does obeying God enable us to be in the right place? Find out in week three of Big Deal. Listen to this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We've been talking about we've been talking about finances or blessings, and uh, I realize that when you talk about the blessing of God, it is not limited to finances, isn't it? That the, the blessing of God really deals more than just finances. Although our serious objective somehow would point a little bit on the uh, finance part, that the people will understand finances as an integral part of the Christian life, which will result in having a proper attitude towards money and its use. And so I believe that as the blessings of God flow in our lives, that we will know exactly how to use that blessing. And how many of you know that sometimes we can actually get too preoccupied in being successful by having a lot more, but we can actually find fulfillment by the relationships that we have? You know, we found an article. How many of you are single men here in this place? If you are a single guy, can you please raise your hand so that we can advertise you right now? Single and available. Yeah, you and the Kamaya. Single guys, we've seen an article, and I think this is from the UK, and the article says, one in five single men would rather have an iPhone 6 than a girlfriend. I'm not really sure if that is accurate here in the Philippines, but we've seen this uh, rather interesting article in the UK, and according to the article, you, you know, they were describing that the gadget is better than keeping a girlfriend, okay? And their description is, you, you take them out to dinner and never go on holiday without them. They're talking about not the girl, but the gadget. They're right beside you as you fall asleep, and they're there to greet you when you wake up in the morning. Without them, you feel confused, like a part of you is missing. How many of you have left a phone in your home, and then you feel like, you're naked or, you know, you feel like you're incomplete, you know, because you've left your phone and you want to go back for it. But apparently that is, you know, just a description on how single men, I think, in some country, I'm not really sure here in the Philippines, you know, the iPhone 6 came out last week. And it says apparently one-fifth or 20% of single men would rather have an iPhone 6 than a girlfriend. One man who took part in the poll said, if it came down to a choice between going on a date or queuing for the iPhone, the mobile would win every time. Can you imagine that? Girls, how would you feel? And then that article came out with this picture, iPhone, loving you. It's easy because you're beautiful. But anyway, you know, it's... Uh, it's a rather interesting article. I believe that nothing can really replace relationships. Sometimes you can actually put possession above relationship. But when you talk about money, how many of you think about money regular, pretty regularly? Please raise your hand. Be honest now. You know, I'm raising up my hand. We think about money a lot, right? You know, we think about money when we're, you know, when we're at work. We think about money particularly every day when you go to school or when you go to work. You know, when you're riding a cab, how many of you know that you are thinking about how much you'd pay the cab? And that's, you know, you don't just tell the cab driver, thank you, God bless you, you know. You know, he'd ask for payment. When you go out for dinner later, you're going to ask, you know, you're going to spend some money. And so we think about finances, whether you're a single guy or a, or a student or maybe particularly those of us who are married. We think about finances a lot. Sometimes we uh, think about, you know, budgeting and 
you know, it can be a cause of fear or anxiety sometimes. You know, finances can be a cause of fear. You know, some people say that we don't fear anymore the end of the world. We fear more the end of the month, you know, because at the end of the month, every bill will come. You know, you pay for your credit card, you pay for Meralco, you pay for globe bills or whatever. And so they fear that more than the end of the world. And so, you know, finances, when you talk about finances, really, Jesus knew that we're going to be thinking about finances. And he talked about finances and possession more than heaven and health, uh, and, and health com- combined. In fact, two-thirds of the parables of Jesus deal with money and possession. If you would read closely the parables of Christ. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, finances can be a major factor in causing disputes in marriage. And, you know, if you are married here, you'd probably agree with me that sometimes the major argument that you have in your marriage is in the area of finances. Not just the lack of it, but even sometimes the overabundance of finances. You know, couples fight not because they lack finance. Sometimes couples fight because of a lot of finance. Sometimes couples fight because of two couples providing and they're earning a lot and they don't have time to each, for each other anymore. So that can be a, good, uh, a source of, uh, of uh, disagreement and even breakdown in marriages. And so just to give us a short uh, recap where we uh, have been in the past two weeks, uh, first week, we talked about that the greatest blessing that we can actually have is our relationship with God. That God is the one who gave us the promise, that the, the promise of God is hinged on His covenant with us, His people. And how many of you would agree with me again that if God gives a promise, He will be faithful to fulfill His promises. Amen? He's a faithful God. And so we can never argue with that anymore. It's a given. God is the source you know, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And since he owns everything, when he gives a promise, he will be faithful to provide for us. And that also, uh, last week we talked about the power. Everybody say power. Power to make wealth. This power does not really come from us. But God himself said, you know, I give you the ability or the power to produce wealth. It is God who gives us the skills and the talent and the ability to make wealth. You know, just um, you know, who you are, your very personality can be used by God to make wealth. Look at the person beside you and look at that face. That face is worth millions. Come on, Niva. I mean, your face, your personality, your gifts, your skill, your talent, sometimes it's just resident in us. And it's underutilized. You know, sometimes we don't really utilize our whole brain, you know. You know, sometimes we only use like 10% of the brain. You know, it's uh, slightly used. So anyway. <laughs> but God wants to use us, our talents, our skills. Today we're going to be looking at placement. Is there such a thing as a place of blessing uh, in the Lord? That when you are, you know, blessed, is it because of that place where you're in? Is it dependent on the place uh, that you are working in? Or maybe you want to have greener pasture you're looking at or praying for a better place, like moving abroad or maybe finding a multinational company or, you know, having a, you know, a bigger opportunity out there. So 
Is this, you know, really a geographic place? What does that mean? We're going to be looking at that today. What does it mean also to have financial freedom? I believe that all of us desire to have financial freedom, right? And what does this mean? What does financial freedom mean? Is it just about having all the money that you can so that you can travel uh, on your own time, that you can actually buy a house that you like, or maybe buy a new car so that when you retire, it'll be comfortable? Is that financial freedom? Or is it a lot more than that? So we're going to be, you know, hopefully we can understand, uh, you know, that when God blesses His people, yes, there is such a thing as a place. You've got to remember that in Genesis chapter 2, when God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, that was a place. It was a literal place. It was a geographic place. And that was a perfect place where God provided for the man and the woman until they sinned before the Lord and they were kicked out of the garden. Remember the story? And they were not able to enjoy the benefit and all the blessings that were in that garden. So we need to understand, I'm, hope to, I'm hoping to uh, take you on a journey on understanding what is this place or placement of the blessings of God. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand once again as we would read God's Word. This evening we will be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning from verse 8 to verse 12. All right. Deuteronomy 11, verse 8 to 12. This is from the ESV version, Essential Sa Victory. Yeah. <laughs> and you shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong, everybody say be strong, and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess. Verse 9, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going to over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water by the rain from where? Rain from heaven. And, the, and the, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. Talking about that land. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this evening. We're asking that you would give us your your wisdom, and your understanding on how it is to enjoy your blessing for your people. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts towards blessings. Give us the right perspective towards blessings. And I thank you, Lord God, that even today that we will be secure. Indeed, God is the one that gives us the blessing, Lord God, that wherever we are, I thank you that you know, as we obey you, blessings will overtake us. So Lord, we thank you for this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. You know, the book of Deuteronomy is, uh, once again, uh, it means second law or second reading of the law. And the setting was on Mount Nebo. And Mount Nebo was that particular place where God told Moses to climb up because that is the resting place of Moses. That is the, 
last uh, sight of Moses, and that's where he died, and that's where God buried him. But if you check out the left side of the screen, that is the view of Mount Nebo towards uh, the Promised Land. On the, le- on the right side, rather, is the view of Mount Nebo where they came from, the wilderness. Now, how many of you know that there is a big disparity between the Promised Land and the wilderness? How many of you would like to be in the Promised Land? How many of you would like to stay in the wilderness? I think none of us would like to stay in the wilderness. But somehow, if we study closely the journey of the Israelites, though they were in the wilderness, God provided for them. So can we really say that when you talk about the place of blessing from God, that when you are going through the wilderness, that is not, God is not able to bless us? I believe that God is bigger than any place. That God, because of His omnipotence, can actually bless us no matter what place you're in. Amen? You may be going through a wilderness experience right now, but guess what? God provided manna and quail for the Israelites every single day for the past 40 years. And the manna and the quail came to the Israelites even without them working for it. Can you imagine that? They didn't work for the manna and the quail, yet they have it every single day. And sometimes you would look at our situation and say, God, I'm in a wilderness experience. Take me out of this dark, my Lord. I don't want to be there. And yet, if you look at your situation right now, you will notice how God has faithfully just arranged situations in your life, people, to provide for you. It may be a wilderness experience. It may seem to be like a drought, but yet the provision of God is always there. Amen? Amen. And of course, when you talk about the promised land, the promised land is... The land of promise. That's where we see God giving a promise to Abraham. When God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 to leave his country and father's household and go to a land, I will show you. Now what's the significance? Why does he have to leave this land in order to go to another land? Isn't this land blessed by God? And God wanted him to go to a land called Canaan because that ultimately is the inheritance that he wants to give his people Israel. And we find them right now seated there, situated there. Of course, it could have been a bigger tract of land then, but because of disobedience, it became smaller. But yeah, we look at at the covenant promise of God to, to Abraham. In verse 17, it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. We find out that the blessing of God is not limited to our generation, isn't it? That the blessing of God will flow through us and overtake us and even reach our generation, our children, our children's children. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your Sojournings. Everybody say sojournings. Or journey. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be there gone. Ultimately, the inheritance and the blessings that the Israelites receive is not just the land that God promised. It's God Himself being their God. That is the distinguishing mark that the Israelites had in contrast to the other peoples of the world at that time. 
In fact, Moses in his prayer in Exodus chapter 33, he said, Lord, if you're not going with us, what will distinguish us from the other peoples of the world? Your presence is what will distinguish us from the other peoples of the world. So the presence of God is really what provides the blessings for us. And not just any particular land. Yes, the land is important because somehow God has allotted a land for us. If, I, if you look at the, uh, you know, the promise of God with Abraham, he's, part of his blessing is real estate. How many of you are believing for a house or a real estate property? Please raise your hand. You, know, you can actually pray for that. You pray for that and you claim that and we'll agree with you. Okay, That's part of it. But I believe that when you talk about the blessing of God, it's not just that. It's more than just a place. It's more than just a land. In fact, that really is talking about the presence of God. When you look at the life of Joseph, the dreamer, we're all familiar with Joseph, the dreamer. Joseph was sold as a slave by his own brothers. He ended up in the house of Potiphar. And in that house, Potiphar trusted Joseph so much that he entrusted to him everything except his wife and the food that he will eat. Can you imagine? The choice of food, that's Potiphar's. And his wife is Potiphar's. But the wife saw Joseph, tempted Joseph. But Joseph stood. And yet we see that in that particular place, in a house wherein Joseph was a slave, the presence of God and the favor of God was with Joseph. And God blessed Joseph in the house of Potiphar. He elevated him. Among his servants, Joseph was the top servant because the favor of God was with him. And if you know the story, the, you know, Potiphar's wife lied, told his husband, or her husband, Potiphar, that Joseph was out there to, to, uh, you know, to, to seduce her. He ended up in prison, and while he was in prison, he was given favor by the warden. And he became the mayor of the prison cell. Can you imagine? Even when he was in prison, God was with him, and the favor of God was with Joseph. Though what's the place? It's prison. But what's the distinguishing mark? The distinguishing mark is the presence of God. You know what? If you have the presence of God in your life, you will be blessed wherever you are. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. That may be a house of slavery. That may be a prison right now. But if the presence of God is there, you will be blessed. And so we know the story. There were two guys who were you know, in prison with Joseph, a cupbearer and a baker. The baker was ultimately hanged. The cupbearer, you know, when he shared his dreams to Joseph, he interpreted the dreams and he said, you will be free in, the, in three days. And true enough, the cupbearer was freed. And Joseph you know, wanted to be free also. And he said, remember M, remember E. Put them together. Remember me. And he asked the cupbearer, you know, uh, please tell a word to the king, to the pharaoh, that I have nothing. I have done nothing wrong here. But the cupbearer forgot about Joseph for two years. I believe though he was forgotten, God was still with him. And then ultimately, when the time came for Pharaoh to have his dreams, the cupbearer remembered, oops, there's a guy in prison, sir who interpreted my dreams, he got Joseph out. Because we know that if he had gone out ahead of the plan of God, he would have been assistant to the cupbearer. 
and not assistant to Pharaoh. God has His own timing. Amen? And the timing of God is always perfect. Praise God. Come on. It's always perfect. So you may feel that you are in Potiphar's house right now. Or you may feel that you are in prison right now. But that's okay. If the presence of God is with you, you're going to be surrounded by God's favor. And ultimately, you will land where you should be. He became second in command. And if you will read Genesis chapter 50, he was blessed beyond his wildest imagination. But yet he made this statement. It is for the saving of lives that I am here. Not because of my comfort, but so that I can save the lives of my family. God bless Joseph so that he can be a blessing to others. And I believe God will bless us. God will bless you. Beyond your wildest imagination. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine or think, according to the power that is at work within us. God wants to bless us. Amen? Look at the person beside you and tell that person, God wants to pour out His blessing upon you. And then tell that person, Get ready! Kanyan. We need to get ready. Now, what is a placement? Placement is actually the action of putting someone or something in a particular space. That is what placement is all about. That's why you have job placements, right? You have a particular job and you're determining whether your skill set will fit or match this particular position or responsibility. And I believe that God has a way of matching us with our calling and our purposes. But is that really just limited to a space or a place? Let's say, for example, if you're working in a call center right now and you're tired of your office mates, you're tired of your office, you're tired of your boss, you're basically just tired. <laughs> is it time to move on? Is it time for you to maybe move on? May yes ba? May dito. Is it time to move on? Is it time to look for another job? Is it time to change or shift into another call center maybe? Or is it time to maybe work during the day instead of working during the night like a vampire? It's <laughs> joking. We don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I believe that it's not just about that particular job. It's about your you know, who you are and how God has made you. It's not about just going into a nice place and enjoying the view. You know, when God blesses us, for example, if God will give you this piece of land to live in, how many of you will take it? I'd take it as long as there's a mall there. I'd live there and sing, the hills are alive every single day. I mean, but it's not just about a place. It's more than just a place, I said earlier. You know, my uh, professor, not professor, but my teacher in, when I went to uh, Israel, Aryeh Bar David, said this, and I quote, he was talking about the blessing of God. And what is a blessing? A blessing basically is your road that is paved toward God. That is a blessing. The blessings in your life is basically that road that is paved that leads you toward God and not away from God. Amen. The Bible says, when He gives us a blessing, He will add no trouble to it. 
every blessing ought to lead us to God and not far from Him. Amen. And I believe that God gives us a blessing based on our capability of handling that blessing. And what is the condition? In verse 8, we've read it earlier. Verse 8 says, You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess. In other words, the condition that God is looking for in order for Him to bless His people is this word, obedience. He's looking for people who would keep the whole commandment, who will obey Him. Don't get me wrong. When you talk about the love of God, the love of God is unconditional. Amen? I mean, God loves us despite and in spite of what we do. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's no question about His love for us. You know, even if you've not read your Bible today, God still loves you. Even if you were late for the service, God loves you. Right? It doesn't change. Because the love that God has given us is constant. But the blessing of God, they're conditional. The blessings of God are based on our ability to enjoy that relationship with Him, which is hinged on our ability to obey His commands. If you will read the whole chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's a summary of all the blessings and the curses that we will find in Scripture. This is where we would see the blessings going in. Blessed, blessed are you coming out. Blessed will be the work of your hand. Blessed will be your womb, or, and so on and so forth. But the first two verses that basically describes the blessing is found in verse 1 and 2. And it says, and if, everybody say if. There's an if word. If you do this, you will be blessed. What does that say? And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and what? Overtake you. If, everybody say if. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You know when you talk about the blessings of God, you don't have to chase after the blessing. Let the blessing chase you. And let the blessing overtake us. Have you ever been overtaken by the blessings of God? You know, one blessing is coming. Ah! Another, ah! You know? You know, every corner that you have, there's a blessing, blessing here, blessing that, until it you know, tramples upon you. That is the blessings of God. You don't have to seek the blessing. Let the blessing seek you and overtake you. And what's the condition? If we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Now, what kind of place is this place of God's blessing? Number one, very quickly, a place of fulfillment. Everybody say fulfillment. fulfillment. You know, fulfillment can mean satisfaction. It's, it, it means completion. It means rest after going through the wilderness. That is the place. That is the promised land for the Israelites. In verse 9, it says, that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring a land flowing with milk and honey. If you're looking for a definition, fulfillment is the achievement of something desired, promised, or predicted. Basically, who fulfills the promise? God himself fulfills the promise. But yet the other hand is also, you're fulfilled 
when you've entered the land that the Lord has given us, there is contentment. There's satisfaction because of the word of uh, the work that you've put in. You know, a sense of fulfillment is the point where you are where God has placed you because this is his reward for you for your obedience as an evidence of your faith. That is what fulfillment is all about. The question for us tonight is, looking at what you're doing right now, whether you're a student, maybe some of you are employed, maybe some of you are business people, maybe some of you are housewives, are you fulfilled and satisfied with your current situation in life? You don't really have to answer that, but think about that. Am I satisfied? Is there contentment? Or am I discontent? Is this the place that God has placed me in? Or is there something else that I need to be doing right now? Only God can tell you that. And it's only by walking closely to Him, listening to His voice, and obeying Him. Fulfillment is actually more than just possession and money. You know, one of my small group members who's now uh, attending on the Makati Church because he's moved there, uh, for years uh, have been separated uh, from his spouse. And uh, it's been like five years that they have been separated. And he's been asking for prayers. Every time he would attend our small group, he would you know, cover him in prayer, pray for him, pray for his spouse. They have uh, three children. And he's also asking for a breakthrough in the area of, uh, of his business. And so... It was a journey for, for this man. And for, for, for a couple of years, you know, this happened about three years ago. We started praying for him. For two years, he said, we've been separated. I've been praying for an open door. And so finally, uh, you know, there's an open door for him to be able to have a contract with a major real estate company in the Philippines. And so he ended up being one of the contractors of that company. And so one of the payments that this company gave him it's not cash payment, but actually a choice of his dream house. So he's asking the Lord, Lord, restore my marriage, give me a business, and give me a house for my family. And so, you know, the first thing that was answered was actually a nice house. And so he was given a five-bedroom house in a nice, you know, neighborhood, in a nice subdivision. And so he was excited, but at the same time, he was not fulfilled. And he's got this business and he's got this house, but there's nobody living in the house because he was separated from his spouse. And so he was describing and he was saying to me, Pastor Ariel, nakakabingi sa katahimikan yung bahay. Five bedrooms, I'm the only one there. But we kept on praying and we thanked the Lord for, you know, for, for the blessing of that house. So anyway, what he did was he made the rooms of the children beautiful because every weekdays, the children would sleep with the wife, and the wife was staying with the parents. And every weekends, the children would sleep over in his house. That happened, and you know, from time to time, she would bring the kids back in that house. She would do one driving, and when the husband is not there, she would slowly now spend a little more time in that home to stay with the kids while the husband is away. And one time when they were watching a cable TV, she actually fell asleep on the couch and the husband arrived. Wala pa nangyari, kayo talaga. Husband arrived 
and saw the wife, and he was happy, but didn't wake up the wife anymore. He slept in his room and left the wife there in the couch. The wife woke up early in the morning and then decided to go back home. So that was the beginning of things. And then last May, when we were doing a parenting seminar at the fort, we saw them sitting together in one table. And the husband said, you know what, Pastor? We're not really together together yet. But what we're doing is we're actually learning how to raise up our children so that we can discipline them in, you know, in the ways of God. And so they're still praying. We're working it out. Two weeks ago, I saw the, the husband in Starbucks here in Festival Mall, and he was ordering coffee one early morning. And he said, Pastor, guess what happened? For the first time in five years, we've actually been together already. And this will be the first time that we will be spending Christmas together as a family after five years. How many of you know that God is an amazing God? They got restored... His description was this. Pastor, yung bahay namin ngayon nakakabina sa dami ng bata. And it's busting with activities. And he said, you know what? I had a home. I had a business. It didn't bring me satisfaction. Now that I have a family, that is what completes the equation. That is the blessing of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. When you talk about, when you talk about the blessing, it's really not just about money. It's more than possessions. It's really about relationships and family. Second is a place of fruitfulness. Everybody say fruitfulness. Verse 10 says, For the land that you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt, from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. So, Moses was distinguishing the land of Egypt, which was a land of slavery. In fact, the Israelites were wishing that when they were in the wilderness to go back to Egypt. And they were saying, Buti pa dun sa Egypt. May pagkain. But they didn't realize that God has a better plan for them. You know, when you talk about the place of fruitfulness, it is that place that when you actually sow your, your work and your seed, that God is the one that causes things to grow. And how many of you know that even if you start a business, it is not a guarantee that you will succeed in your business? I mean, you may have all the formula, you may have all the, you know, it may be a franchise, you may have all the elements to make a business work, but it is not automatic that it will work. It requires the fruitfulness and the favor of God in your business. Amen? God is the one who provides the light, I mean the, the sun and the rain in the, in the area of business. He's the one who's going to provide the clients. He's going to be the one who will provide the customers, the right employees. He will provide health for you, and so on and so forth. Basically, when you talk about the place of blessing, it's a place of fruitfulness. Wherein God will use our skills and our abilities to bless not only ourselves, but to bless others as well. You know, if you are, for example, you know, if you dream of becoming a singer and that will be your profession, if you cannot sing, you might be in the wrong profession, right? And so you've got to use your skill set in the right place that God has, is uh, planting you in. So that's a place of fruitfulness. And I want to end with this, a place of favor. Everybody say favor. favor. You know, what is this favor we're talking about? You know, it's an unmerited gift that God wants to give to us. 
Okay, in, uh, in verse 12, it says, A land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. That's the favor of God. You know, favor is not something that we manufacture. Favor is not something that you actually, you know, try to make up. The favor of God is given to us, period. You know, without us working for it, the favor of God is there. We're praying, you know, may, may God surround us with favor as with a shield. It's a blessed status. You know, the favor of God. You know, you suddenly have a special privilege with people. That is the favor of God. You know, as I was uh, thinking about this particular point, I was reminded of this member of ours who grew up in kids' church when he was about eight years old. Um, first time he's seen kids' church, she said he was not easy. Uh, you know, he was not used to uh, just seeing different children because he grew up in a single-parent home. He's the only child, and his mom was the one who raised him up. So he was about eight years old when he started attending. His name is actually Eli Aguinaldo. Okay? Maybe some of you know him, but he's a member of our church. And I spoke to him yesterday just asking how his journey is with the Lord. That was his uh, picture when he was a young kid. And, uh, you know, I remember during the Westgate days, he would play Joseph, you know, in, in some of the Christmas plays. And, uh, you, know, he's, you know, he's joined uh, the, you know, different small groups as well, from kids' church to uh, the youth. He was just faithfully attending church. After graduating from college, uh, he finished a business course, and he was asking uh, his mom, Mom, is it okay for me because there's an offer already from a multinational company? Just for him to sign up, he's, he's already employed. He's, you know, his future is secure. And what he's saying is, Mom, is it possible for me to you know, take a look at modeling for a while instead of uh, joining this particular firm and be employed? Is it okay for me to become a model? And the mom said, well, let's pray about it. And so... As they prayed about it, seems like maybe that's an open door for them. And, you know, they tried modeling. Uh, not that day, but he tried modeling. And he actually landed, you know, some, you know, commercials here and there, but not really a full-blown modeling career. And so this is uh, how he looks like now, L.A. He's uh, now a six-foot-three, you know, young man who's uh, really got a big potential in, in modeling. And as he was doing... Uh, you know, s- small contracts. He was discovered by this major uh, modeling agency that actually handles some of the top models that we have in the Philippines. And so this is LA uh, now, and it's, you know, modeled uh, for some products like SM, Wishy, Jollibee, I think Globe is also his. And as he and his mom was praying, you know, they said, you know, of course, they were enjoying the, the fruit of the modeling career. They were asking the Lord, Lord, is, I think it's time for us to be able to have our own house and maybe change, give us a new car because the car he's driving is about 20 years already and there's no air. So he was describing that. And there's one particular contest that came out about a few months ago, this Axe Philippines contest, looking for the Axe Man. And I was asking him, what's the criteria for that? Do you have to be a model for that? No, they're just looking for the it factor. You don't have to be an actor or you don't have to be a model. Sometimes they choose a business person. 
So there was about 600 participants that joined the contest. Out of 600, they chose 400. Out of 400, they chose 100. Out of 100, they chose 10. Out of 10, they chose 3. And out of 3, he won the contest. And he became the axe, gold, man, whatever, okay? And so what the prize was, they gave him a brand new car, which is a nice uh, Volkswagen Beetle. They gave him a condominium in the fort. And he said, they're also throwing in a trip to Vegas. You know, this is my first time, Pastor Ariel, to actually go to the U.S. When my tita found out that I'm going to the U.S., my tita lives in, the, in New York, she said, I'm going to send you some ticket after your trip to Vegas, visit me in New York. Another tita called him, I want you to also visit me in Arizona. After your New York trip, visit me in Arizona. So he was receiving all this favor from the Lord. And I asked him, L.A., you know, what is your desire in your modeling career? And he said this, Pastor, I just want to honor God. Every time I walk in the ramp as a model, you know, I want to honor God. And I want to see the glory, you know. Every time I would walk there, you know, may they see the glory of God, you know, as I walk. And I said, L.A., don't ever forget the Lord. You know, maybe God has given you these looks, but I believe God has given you the character to be an influence and a model of integrity in that particular career. And he said, Pastor, that's why I'm always here in church. I want to be strong, and I want to obey God. I want to honor Him wherever I go. So I believe this guy is going to the world to represent God. Obedience, my last point is this. main point is obedience brings us to a place of blessing. Do we, find, do we want to find that place? How do we find that place? It's to have a heart to obey. All we have to do is ask the Lord, Lord, give me a heart that beats for you, a heart that obeys you, a heart that is pliable before you. And I believe that you will find, you know, it's, maybe some of you are here, you're asking the Lord, Lord, what's next for me? Maybe 2015 is a year of transition for some of you. That's fine. Because it takes a lot of obedience and guts to go out there. And I realize that sometimes when you talk about obedience, the picture that we see is going. But how many of you will agree with me that many times the obedience part is also staying? Because sometimes God will ask us to stay instead of go. It takes a lot more guts to stay and obey God and wait for His promises. You know, we see that in Abraham, God told Abraham to go, and Abraham went. But also when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was asking the Lord if this cup can be taken away from him, as he was on his way to the cross, ultimately he said, I'm staying here. Not my will, but your will. Jesus obeyed the Lord, the Father, and he stayed and went to the cross and died and gave us blessing after that. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Every one of us 
are Gentiles, but we were reached out to because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The blessing that was supposed to be given to the Israelites, God passed it on to us. We received the blessing, and guess what? Even more that we are receiving right now because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Be updated on podcasts and events, and even follow a Bible reading plan by downloading the Victory Alabang app for all Apple and Android mobile devices. Thank you, and stay connected.